The views on a breath of fresh air podcast reflects the parties involved, and we encourage you all to use it as a conversational tool that will lead to personal studies of your own. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Welcome to a Breath of Fresh Air podcast. Here with your hosts, Earl Roberts and Nakaz Gay. As a young person, Christianity can be so foggy, like smoke in the mirrors and so unclear. But we're here to bring you a breath of fresh air. All right, Israelites, we've all gathered from Dan all the way to Beersheba and Gilead. And now we're meeting before the Lord in Mizpah. We've assembled the leaders of the tribes and we've all put together 400,000 armed men ready for battle. Unfortunately, we have to go to war against our own brothers. But first, we'll give the Levite the floor. Tell us how this awful thing happened. I and my concubine, we came to Geber and Benjamin just to spend the night. And during that night, the man of Geber came after me and they surrounded the house and they, they really intended to kill me. They raped my concubine and she died. I took my concubine, I cut her into pieces and I sent one piece to each region of Israel's inheritance because they committed this lewd and outrageous act in Israel. Now all you Israelites, you need to speak up and tell me what you have decided to do. None of us will go home. No, not one of us. And this is what we'll do to Gibeah. We'll go up against it in the order decided by casting lots. We'll take 10 men of every hundred from all the tribes of Israel and a hundred from every thousand and a thousand from 10,000 to get provisions for the army. And then, when the army arrives at Gibeah and Benjamin, it can give them what they deserve for committing this outrageous act in Israel. Are you ready, troops? Benjamites will pay for what they've done. Welcome to the last episode of 2021. Thank you all for tuning in with us each week on our journey. This week, our episode is based on Judges chapters 19 and 20. The Israelites are spiraling out of control, and we see their actions replicating another very popular story in the Bible. Just how bad have things gotten? Well, we'll let you decide for yourselves. As always, be blessed and enjoy. All right, welcome back to another episode of A Breath of Fresh Air podcast, the final episode of 2021. Yeah, so this week we, gonna, we are going to go back to the book of Judges. Hopefully you guys enjoyed our holiday episode. And, and hopefully you guys are having a safe and blessed holiday. Everyone's staying safe with them. It's interesting that tomorrow is tomorrow as I'm saying this, even though it's not really right now, but it's like we're about to start 2022. It's crazy. Time is flying by. Felt like the year just started. 
But hopefully everyone had a really blessed year. I know there's a lot of things that happened this year for everyone. Some of you, some of you may have lost somebody. Some of you may have had new experiences through it all. Hopefully you guys had a time to reflect on the year. Remember all the good things that's happened. And just keep on moving on. Like, it's just interesting, man. Like, time's really going on. Yo, I was talking to someone this week, right? And they had an interesting perspective. They were saying, like, at the end of the year, a lot of people would have, like, you know, you have your prayer list, right? But what some people need to start doing, which I think even I'm going to start doing, I encourage some of the listeners out there, too. It's like you have your prayer list, but also have a list of all the prayers that God answered for you during the year as well. Because a lot of people just, you know, you just keep on praying to God for something that happens and you just keep, you just move on. But you actually have like a prayer answered list. You actually can go back and reflect on what God is actually, like you actually can tangibly see what God has done for you in a more like tangible way. Because you might be like, oh yeah, he blessed me with that and that. But when you actually look back and see what you prayed for, and you actually can look back and say, yeah, this prayer was answered, no matter how small, how great it is. You'd be like, oh yeah, like, this year has been filled with blessings and it helps you remember them a little bit more and show you a bit more you can be grateful for. So this is an interesting thought, something I think I'm going to start doing because, I mean, I've never done it before. I mean, I've had a prayer list before, but I've never had like a prayer answer list, like moving from this list to the next list. So that's an interesting perspective. No, I, I, I had a similar thought just this week. <clears throat> I was saying that, you know, like how people say, count your blessings. Mm-hmm. The only way for me to count my blessings is, is to write them down. You know, my mom, my mom keep a prayer book mm-hmm. and she takes uh, to, to my remembrance as a child. She used to take very vivid notes. You understand what I'm saying? Sometimes she used to write down her prayers. I don't know if she used to check them off or not, but she had a account of prayers that had been answered. And I feel like that's important because, bro, it's easy to just forget what God do for you. You know, like like you said many times, bro, you, you have to look back. And realize that in a lot of ways you are at a place where you are at the place where you pray to be. Exactly. You know what I mean? And that's that's crazy, bro. Because when, when we get it, it's like, see, the it's like the ambition of just having just being at somewhere new and just experiencing that new thing until you experience it and you live it. And now you that ambition it, it come back. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Um, but at the end of the day. It can eliminate the idea that, you know, God isn't moving in your life. Because sometimes you feel like you just need to feel God. Like, that's how I always feel, you know, and I don't think that's righteous of me to say that. Because truthfully, if I didn't have short-term memory, like the Israelites, like a lot of people in the Bible, I would realize how much God God does for me and how much he has already did for me, you know? Like, mm-hmm. all of the blessings that I have, bro, like this year alone, I could go crazy. Right now... You know, if I was to talk about recently, it don't like my my year ending in a unf- in a less favorable position that it was at the beginning and like towards the like end the third quarter. You know, when I got married and stuff like that. And you, I could just say, but a lot of a dark cloud over me X Y Z. But if if he could talk to me, he'd probably tell me to guard my loins like a man. Like like what do you <laughs> tell Job? Like, Exactly. Like, bro, if you don't relax, if you don't relax, bro, because like in real, in all honesty, you ain't even being fair. Because you only telling a story of this one minuscule thing or a group of minuscule things compared to all of the good that I've done and will do, and you know, and I've done all your life. So I definitely do think that's a that's a actually a 
a very necessary thing to do if you're not going to remember all that God's done for you, you know? I mean, because, like, even let's think about it, like, I shouldn't say how can you remember, but it's like God answers prayers for me from January that in December I'm not thinking about. And if yeah. I don't have a list, you're not thinking about that at all. And then the same goes with February, March, April, May, June. Like, you might remember some of the bigger ones that you prayed for, but overall, you don't, because what's important to you now wasn't important to you then and vice versa. So it's like you were praying for things at the beginning of the year that God answered, but you already moved on from that. You're already on a different mental space. And so like sometimes just be good to have that, that record. And it's, it's not for God, but it's for your, you, our personal selves, because I mean, we get discouraged a lot. Sometimes we feel down. And like you say, sometimes you just want God to like move in our lives, but then you're like, but God's like, I've done so much for you. And you're so short-sighted that you can't even see what I've done for you. And I mean, God definitely might be nicer than how I'm phrasing it, right? But at the same time, it's, I mean, just look at the children of Israelite. It's like, it's so easy to judge them, which we, which we do. And we, we're, we're critical of them. But like we've said many times on previous episodes, how many times have we found ourselves in similar positions? Like God just finished blessing you, sending you your water, sending you your food. Man, bringing you through your darkest days. And I'm sure everyone had some dark days in 2021. I'm, I'm speaking generally. You might not have. might have been super blessed. But like on those days, you thought you weren't going to make it. In those days, you th- thought that you had no way out, no escape. Don't know where your next meal was coming from. Don't know where your light bill was going to get paid. Don't know if you're going to have a job tomorrow. But look at this. You're at the end of 2021. Like mm. you still made it through. And this might happen six months ago. And you're like, oh, yeah, like. Oh yeah, God, what I'm going to find? Well, I guess Christmas just passed, but the Christmas money from, but God's like, man, I already put you in a position where you could at least have a job and food and water and stuff like that. So it's, it's, it's just an interesting conversation to have. And yeah, man, like I, I think it's important. So I'm, I'm going to make a concerted effort to at least try. And, you know, I'm probably going to try, you know, even use this as my accountability tool to be like, yeah, so here's some of the things that God blessed me with like this quarter. Some of the things I prayed for, some of the things that came through that way know share with the audience and some people might be blessed by it but at the same time it's me keeping myself accountable and you could keep me accountable to that too like oh where's where's that prayer answers list i'll be like all right i'll I'll get a few guys next week or something (laughs) (laughs) yeah but god God is good though you know what i'm saying even when when we don't understand him bro i've been reading job i was just telling you i've been reading a bunch of books you know what i'm saying like job is when i read because Mm -hmm. i wanted to hear from the man who had everything taken away from him and still did not sin against God, despite the whining. The mom mm-hmm. was whining, but like he ain't, but he ain't cursed God or, or none of that. You know what I'm saying? And God even co-signed some of the stuff he was saying at the end of the book. And so, like, my thing is, although <laughs> although we might feel like something ain't fair, bro, but like God is so superior to us, like mm-hmm. that. The fact, like, our feelings, like, our emotions can tell us that it ain't fair, bro. But we ain't even qualified to even comprehend what fair and what ain't fair, what just and what ain't just. <laughs> Excuse me. So, it's like, we need to always, we need, we need not to fill our minds thinking about, like, God being unfair or God punishing us and stuff like that. And just focus on the fact that God is righteous. You know what I'm saying? And focus on what God could be trying to help us do. Oh. All right, so Genesis 
my boy Richard Burr, I can't wait to get him on the party. He he says he say stuff like, bro, you need to know what you believe, why you believe it, where it's from. You understand? So so mm-hmm. since since then I, I've been trying when I when I read text and I really like your text, I've been trying to like memorize it. Mm-hmm. Genesis, Genesis 50, verse 20. This is Joseph talking to his brothers. You intended to harm me, but the Lord intended it for good, the saving of many lives. So by Joseph been through the mud, bro. Mm-hmm. Joseph been bro, Joseph, Joseph, Joseph was dealing raw deal, bro. He gets screwed over, bro. He was loyal and he keep getting screwed over. Same thing with Job. Understand what I'm saying? But God used this to mold him into the person that would be able, that would be ready to, to govern over, over all of Egypt. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? So it's always optimism you can find through this, bro. Think about, <coughs> excuse me, excuse me. Think about if Job had cursed God, bro. He'd have missed out on all of this and we would have missed out on a lesson. Think about if Joseph did sleep with part of her wife, bro. He would have missed out on all of this, and we would have missed out on the last thing. You know what I'm saying? So as we as you go into your quote unquote season, it might not be a good season. You know what I'm saying? It might be the seven years of farming. You understand? But all of that, Man. all of that. If you put it to, if you leave it to God, bro, that could be the most constructive time in your life, and you can learn stuff that you wouldn't lose learn in 20 years. Or over this over this little situation, it can force you to grow, like force you to grow at a rapid pace, you know. Oh man, it's it's, it's interesting. So it's like what we post on the Instagram page this week. So I guess people actually could date when we actually recorded this episode if they care too. But this too shall pass. And the reason why that's saying because like this week I was going through something and I was like, oh, you know what? Just this too shall pass because, like you say, look at Joseph. He went through his lows of upon lows, but it passed. He got out of it, went through another low, but it passed. And to me, it goes with the good and the bad. You can have your lowest of low days, the days where you feel like you aren't going to make it. God brings you to it. This too shall pass. You can have your days when you're feeling so high on the cloud that you are the man of the world. This too shall pass. Hmm. And so it's, it's just interesting. So like, <laughs> no matter what we go through, just gotta remember that like, you are in a season and this too shall pass. Your next season could be a next season of plentiful or it could be a valley that you're about to walk through. But just, you just always have to remember like this too shall pass. And man, it's crazy. So like, I was just even, like you said, like, you, like when you, how you just brought up Genesis, right? Bro, our last, like we started this year. Guess, guess where we started this year? Where is that? We started this year on episode 17 in Genesis 30, 33 and 35, my Man. sister's keeper. And you know what you, and you know what that episode was talking about. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but dang, I mean, like it's just so interesting. So look how far, like, even we've come in a year. Like, this is what episode, this should be episode 68. Like hmm. from <laughs> episode 17 to 68, a full year, man. Like God is good. Amen to that. And, and God is good. A full, bro, a full 52 episodes, bro. Like, that's crazy. Yeah, like, we finished Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua. Joshua, and now and Judges. Technically, we're about to finish Judges. Yep. Like, amen. Let's see where 2022 takes us. God's Let's willing. Amen to that. God is willing. So, yeah, I mean, so yeah, thank you all. And again, thank you all for the audience. Thank you guys for tuning in each and every week. Thank you for the feedback that we've gotten. I don't even want to start naming names because I start getting in trouble each time I do that. 
<laughs> thanks to the loyal audience. Thanks to our new listeners. Thanks for like telling a friend about the podcast. Thanks for sharing it, man. I, you know, what's so interesting too, man. Like I listen to a bunch of podcasts during the week about business and entrepreneurship and everything. Right. And I listened to one about DJ Khaled, like one DJ Khaled had this week. And he was saying like, one of the reasons why he didn't blow up in like the early 2000s, I didn't believe him until Snapchat. He was like, yo, the people who knew about me kept me to themselves. Mm. And I was like, that's so interesting too. And I'm like, when you, when you have something good, your natural instinct is to keep it to yourself. For sure. But sometimes it's like, and, and I ain't saying we the best, right? So I ain't trying to get cocky, the DJ Khaled pun. We the best. <laughs> but I got it. <laughs> <laughs> but, but like, I mean, like, it's, it's always good. Like, just, just share it. Like, just share it. Like, I encourage everyone to share the podcast. out. So like, share it with one person every week. Like, it could be someone you know, someone you don't know. Like, I'll actually probably share it with somebody, you know, because that may be weird if you're just randomly sending it to someone. Like, hey, you need, you need to hear this. <laughs> Approach it with love. But like, just share it out with a friend or family member. Let them listen to it. They may or may not enjoy it, but definitely like, just let, let them listen to it. So yeah, just encourage that. Again, also follow us on our social media platforms. We haven't talked about that in a while. Me and Kazi really need to get together, which we going to do. And actually just like plan out like the direction we want to take the podcast in because we, we, we do talk about it and we have a bunch of ideas, but we actually need to like start execute. Yeah. Cause we, we, our excuses start running out now. It's almost like when we yeah. first started the podcast, <laughs> it's like we get to that point where y'all really don't have excuses not to be doing these things anymore. Cause all of our excuses that we had are <laughs> they're, they're gone. <laughs> so definitely in 2022, I mean, yeah, we, we going, we, we going to get it again. We're going to have some things planned and, make the podcast more interactive and that kind of stuff. So we got some big ideas. We can work on that. Um, yeah. Like, shoot, we're already 14 minutes in. So I guess we should start uh, just before we turn this into a end of year recap episode. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so as a recap, I know we had the Christmas episode last week and we're probably going to, Go a high level overview and just have some discussion in between. But we're gonna, like I said, we're gonna we're ending judges this week, and so we're probably gonna go to judges 19, 20, and twenty one. And as a recap of the book of judges in totality, I know we said we might do a judges episode, like a judges recap episode. We'll see how that goes. That might be the first episode of twenty twenty two. But judges so far, we've seen how these children of Israel, the nation of Israel, now have started to slowly or as some would argue, rapidly spiral out of control. We've seen from the first judge to now last, at the last episode we covered in Judges, Micah's Idols, last the one that came out two weeks ago, that we've seen how each judge progressively got worse. And as Kazi eloquently described, Samson might've been the most well-known judge, but at the end of the day, as term of his actual purpose, he was probably one of the most useless judges. But we've seen how the whole theme of the book of Judges is how when the children of God don't talk about the works and wonders of God to their children, how the knowledge of God can get lost. And when the knowledge of God is lost, people start to do what is right in their own eyes because they have no wisdom and counsel. They quite literally start to lean onto their own understanding. And so this is where we're at. Last episode, we see how we had a Levite who was doing things that wasn't of a Levite. Um, 
they had their worshiping idols in the household. The nation was just going almost into civil war status. And we're going to see some lot of disturbing imagery and once again, this part of Judges. But the theme now is really showing how far Israel as a whole has fallen from God. No longer just the judges, their leaders, but we're seeing how as a whole, the whole nation now has spiraled to a point where it's essentially uncontrollable. And Kaz, he had a good point about this. I'll let him talk about when we get there. But you can, like, it's really going to be so evident that, wow, this nation has fallen so far from God that it's, it's really sad. Mm-hmm. So that was just a background. So without further ado, we're going to pick up in Judges 19. And, the, and it starts off with, in those days, Israel had no king. And so we see there was a Levite man who lived in a, in a remote area of the hill country in Ephraim. Ephraim was a really popping place. Yes. He took a concubine with him. He took a concubine from Bethlehem in Judah. But she was unfaithful to him. She left him and went back to her parents' home in Bethlehem. (laughs) After she had been there for four months, her husband went to her to persuade her to return. He had with him a servant and two donkeys. She took him to her parents' home, and when her father saw him, he gladly welcomed him. His father-in-law, the woman's father, prevailed prevailed on him to stay. So he remained with them for three days, eating and drinking and sleeping there. So I have a question for you, Ghazi. Yeah. So suppose you just got married, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And your wife leave you for four months. Mm. Unprovoked. Well, I shouldn't say unprovoked, but either way. Well, first of all, I, I, I am a little confused about this because it's like, is this, is this his wife or his concubine? Like, they say his father-in-law, but then they describe us as his concubine. You so this kind of go back with like Hagar. Remember Hagar was described in both instances. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She, so it was yeah, like, so she they kind, were married. Yeah, but, but it wasn't it was like, like the a secondary. Yeah, exactly, like, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, But the man obviously loved this woman because she's described as being unfaithful to him, you know, and I take that as infidelity, right? And... She also don't want to be around him. You feel me? But mm-hmm. he come there to persuade her. But her dad likes him a lot. Like, you know, like he might have been a stand-up guy. Like, <laughs> yeah, like he might have been a good guy. Like, yeah, I know you. I know my daughter, bro. You don't deserve this, bro. But y'all already tethered together. You know what I mean? Like, but I still, I still, I still feel for you, and I feel you, bro. I don't want to lose you as a son-in-law. Maybe. Yeah, that was yeah, it. Was it was interesting? I was like, so I started reading this. I was like, ah, oh, so. It's an interesting movie plot. <laughs> yeah, bro. Like, it's crazy because like, all right, so once you understand where this, how far the story goes, right? Mm-hmm. You think about how avoidable all of this was. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It could have been avoided if she didn't leave. Exactly. If he didn't return. Exactly. <laughs> and if the father just would let the man go about his business. You feel me? So, yeah, so we see on the fourth day, uh, picking up in verse five. On the fourth day, they got up early and prepared to leave. But the woman's father said to the son-in-law, refresh yourself with something to eat, then you can go. So the two of them sat down, eat and drink together. Afterwards, the woman's father said, please stay tonight and enjoy yourself. And when the man got up to go, his father-in-law persuaded him. So he stayed there that night on the morning of the fifth day. So we already see some days have been winding by now. Yes. When he rose to go, go for it. I mean, I must stay a week over where he's supposed to leave. (laughs) Uh, she must see was worth it bro that's all I can say 
Or the the father just drive a hard bargain, bro. He seemed like he don't take no for an answer, bro. (laughs) (laughs) On the fifth day, when when he rose to go, the woman's father said, refresh yourself, wait till afternoon. So the two of them ate together. And he sure had food on deck. Then the man with his concubine and his servant got up to leave. His father-in-law, the woman's father said, now look, it's almost evening. Spend the night here. The day is nearly over. Stay and enjoy yourself. Early tomorrow, you can get up and be on your way home. But unwilling to stay another night, the man left and went towards Jebus. That is Jerusalem. With his two saddled donkeys and his concubine. When they were near Jebus, and the day was almost gone, the servant said to his master, come, let us stop in the city of the Jebusites and spend the night. His master replied, no, we won't go to any city whose people are not Israelites. We will go to Jebel. <laughs> so that sounds, that sounds reasonable, right? As Israelite people. Wait, it sounds know, reasonable to me? Yeah, it sounds like a pretty good idea to me. Let me stay with my people. Eh? You go and say, I feel safer with my people and not my right. people. It's like when you go to college, and I mean, as a Bahamian, you would just naturally gravitate towards the Bahamians. The Bahamians, yeah. Before you graduate towards anyone else, you're like, hey, I know my people. I know what y'all about. I know, I know, I know far y'all is take things. You know what I mean? I know, I already know what to expect from, from y'all. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. And see, you had a little different experience because you went to Oakland. So it was a bunch of y'all. Yeah, yeah, we had a good much behavior. And and it's like, there's a lot of behaviors who I just didn't know. Like I might've seen them once, but there's a lot of them who I just did not know. And we just instantly clicked. Bro, when I went to Walla Walla, it wasn't as much as Oakland. I got to count the motor behemoths on my one hand. But oh, it was man. like, but it's all we got. Remember yeah. my boy Leslie? It was the first time we meet each other when we, when we showed up to Walla Walla. But we was like instantly, bro, like, look at that. Now we like best friends. Real dog. From two different parts of the Bahamas, just click just like that. Exactly. He's like, bro, we got to make it out here. We got to survive. So yeah. to, back to your point, this sounds perfectly reasonable. I'd rather stay with my people because I know what to expect. But what happens, Kazi, when you don't know what to expect from your own people? <laughs> That's what the happens when the flip is script? When when the script when is the script flipped? flipped yeah. How do you mess that up? That's behind. I, I do not know, but <laughs> I but I never say that. I don't know what happens when the when the flip is script either, bro. So, so to answer both of your questions, I just don't know, bro. Nobody knows these things, bro. And obviously, the Levite did not know either. All right. So we said, okay, let's uh, come. Let's try to reach Gebai or Ramna and spend the night in one of these places. So they went on as the sun set near Jebeah and Benjamin. There they stopped to spend the night. They went and they sat in the city square, but no one took them in for the night. All right. So just to ping a parallel, this already sounding pretty similar. To like I think it was episode 16 or someplace around there where we covered a very similar story where some people went into a town at night and it was getting night and they were just in the city square. Mm-hmm. So then the eve, then uh, verse 16, the evening, an old man from the hill country of Ephraim was looking for was, was living in Jabal, the inhabitants of the place were Benjamites, came in from came in from his work in the fields. When he, when he looked and saw the travel in the city square, the old man asked, where are you going where did, and where did you come from? He answered, we are on our way from Bethlehem in Judah to a remote area in the hill country in Ephraim where I live. I live in Bethlehem in Judah and now I am going to the house of the Lord. 
No one has taken me in for the night. We have both straw and fodder for our donkeys and bread and wine for ourselves. Your servants, me, the woman, and the young man with us, we don't need anything. So he pleaded in this case. He say, I don't need nothing from you. I just need a place to rest my head. Mm-hmm. I ain't going to be a burden to you. I got my own food. My donkeys have their own fodder and their own straw. You don't got to worry about nothing. I just, if I could help it, I'd rather not sleep in the city square tonight. Exactly. <laughs> in the case, like, I, I got my own wine even. Like, I, I literally am not going to be a burden to you. I just don't understand why you didn't just spend the night by your da- your father-in-law one more time and then just leave in the day. Because I think, like you say, this man drives a very hard bargain. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, yeah. I didn't do, do this five days in a row. Yeah. Let me get out now while I could, because in the morning it could be the same thing. Yeah, I could get up and you could be like, stay until the stay until the afternoon to try to get <laughs> me to stay again. It could be another scheme when I wake up in the morning. Here, mind, here, mind me, uh, um, uh, what's your boy name? Laban. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> another father-in-law who just don't take no for an answer, really. <laughs> yeah, so now in verse 20, you know, logically, you know, it's a nice old man who got some years on himself. You say, okay, you're welcome at my house, you know. Let, you know, you ain't got nothing else. You, you ain't gonna be a bird to me. The least I could do is let you stay in my house. And he probably knew what was coming. So let me supply whatever you need. Only, again, don't spend the night in this town square. <laughs> whatever like... you do, don't spend the night here. You're a dog. So we took him to his house and fed his donkeys. And they washed their feet. They had something to eat and drink. While they were enjoying some, themselves, some wicked men of the city surrounded their house, pounding on the door. They shouted to the old man who owned the house. Bring out that man who came to your house so that we can have sex with him. Mm. Sounds eerily familiar to so Genesis the, 19. Yeah. Go oh. for it. No, and I, I was about to say at this time, the cat is out the bag, bro. <laughs> this is very reminiscent. Bro, it's like, it's to the point where when I, I was listening to this when I was in the gym, mm-hmm. and I was just letting judges play a couple mm-hmm. months back, and I was like, I thought I was in judges. <laughs> when I get to Genesis, right? Because this really is identical to Sodom and Gomorrah. Like the fo- bro, the fox are identical. You mm-hmm. understand? You just swapping out the the two angels with a Levite and his concubine, and I guess I'm guessing a servant. Mm-hmm. You know, but then you have an old man who ha- is hospitable. Same way we have Lot. You know, mm-hmm. we have the city who just going crazy. <laughs> Because they see fresh, fresh meat. Quite literally. Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah. And it's just so interesting, man. Like, the exact same things, it was the exact same things were said. It's interesting how it's Genesis 19 and and, and what's this, Judges 19. Like, the stories literally parallel each other. Because you say, old man, well, a guy who was saying, hey, I'm going to be hospitable. Come sleep with me. The man surrounding the city, banging on the door. The exact same phrase mm-hmm. was said. And again, we see in verse 23, the owner came outside and went to them, no, my friends, do not do this vile thing. These are my guests. Do not do this outrageous thing. Look, here is my virgin daughter mm. and his concubine. I will bring them out to you now and you can use them to do whatever you wish. But as for this man, do not do this outrageous thing. But the man would not listen to him. Or oh, go for it. I still don't get why they do that, bro. Like, 
You know what I mean? Like, why did why did not protective? Yeah, like why did not protective of their daughters and wives, bro? Like, because Lot Lot was ready to give up two of his daughters. I I feel you, and it's so weird. I'm like, I guess they saying, hey, if you want to have sex, it is much better for you to have sex with a woman than a man, especially a guest. I yeah. I don't know why I, I, I get where does even say that, but. Yeah, but at the same time, bro, you can't say what just go through your mind when a whole town of men not only probably want to cause you harm, but they want to violate you. You know what I mean? Like, you don't I don't you. get, I, I don't get it. But you know, I, I can't speak to how oh, you should hack in that <laughs> that situation. You know what I mean? <laughs> but I guess it's like really and truly, there ain't too much options you got. But. <laughs> I don't know what I would do. <laughs> like, what I'm do you true. do? Do you say I take know. me instead? No. Wait, really? No, literally? I just start praying, bro. I pray, I pray it obnoxiously too. And I pray it out loud so you can hear me. I pray it out loud, obnoxiously, bro. You think like a quell that angry crowd? But well, I, I hope so. God, God can do all things. So let me Amen to that, bro. Amen to that. Real talk. So again, but so now here's where here's where the story shifts, right? Because in Genesis, we know naturally very definitely check out that episode if you haven't already. But we know the two men that were in Lot's house were angels. So they were able to quickly quell, blind the crowd, pull Lot back inside before something serious happens, and there was no giving over of any females to the crowd or any males. The angels just put a stop to that here. But again, we see this happening again in an Israelite town. So what happens when your people don't know, like when you, when you no longer know what to expect from your people? They're here now. There's no angels here. And again, everyone is doing what is right in their own eyes. And so this is like a crazy parallel that we're seeing. What happens when everyone is, is doing what is right in their own eyes? You know, you know, in the, in the Bahamas, when, when somebody ruthless, right? And when mm-hmm. somebody just like, they just like, you ain't, I don't say evil, but when they just really, really dangerous, we'd say, but this person don't have no law, bro. Like he'll rob a whole person, he'll shoot up a church, bro. He ain't got no mm-hmm. law. You know exactly. I mean? um, <clears throat> truthfully, it's like, if you don't have no, no nothing more to stand on, then anything goes. Right, so and that's the point. That's the point the, um, the author is making when he say Israel had no king. Right now, granted, Israel never had a king. Really, I mean, if you want to call a judge a king, yeah. But truthfully, there was times when Israel didn't have a specific leader. You understand what I'm saying? Like Moses was the leader, but even before that, when when it was the, the literal Israel, like Jacob, mm-hmm. like he didn't have a king. You know what I mean? His children didn't have kings. Thing like that, like. But everyone had a king, you know, you know what I mean? But at the end of the day, God was supposed to be their king. God mm-hmm. was supposed to lead them in battle, X, Y, Z. So the fact that they don't have no king is just showing that these people, they done didn't have God. But now they don't even have no one talking to God on their behalf or anything like that. <laughs> and um, Sodom and Gomorrah, right? we know how evil Sodom and Gomorrah was, right? They was evil to the point where they didn't even have 10 men that were righteous men. Mm-hmm. They were evil to the point where God saw it fit to destroy that city. You know, 
That's one of the first cities. Like, so watch this. We know the whole, the whole world get destroyed. <laughs> I think it's like Genesis six or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, the flood, basically. Mm-hmm. And um, we see where the city get destroyed. These it's a common theme with evil people and the cities <laughs> getting destroyed. Mm-hmm. God actually give a lot of the Canaanite countries into the hands of the Israelites to to destroy them because they were evil. In the book of Deuteronomy, they say, don't think you destroying destroying them because you're righteous. No, you're destroying them because they are evil. And this is coming to them regardless. You know what I'm saying? And now, at the end of Judges, the author is painting a picture that the Israelites are now becoming like the cities that God wants put an end to and us destroyed. AKA, they are becoming like the Canaanites. Sodom and Gomorrah as well in the line of Canaan. But this was, this was like a thousand years before this happened. You know what I'm saying? And so even even from then, these people was evil, right? But now y'all here and y'all allowed yourself to be completely influenced by them. And that's literally the point where we are with judges where the Israelites are no different than the Canaanites, like at all. They basically are the Canaanites, but just of a different bloodline. Yeah. And so we see the man would not listen to him. So the man took it. Okay, we already read that part. So in verse 27, no, I, oh, I missed the part. Okay, yeah, so the man would not listen to him. And so the man took his concubine and sent her outside to them. And they raped her and abused her throughout the night. And at dawn, they let her go. At daybreak, the woman went back to the house where her master was staying, fell down at the door, and lay there until daylight. When her master got up in the morning and opened the door of the house and stepped out to continue on his way, there lay his concubine, fallen in the doorway of the house with her hands on the threshold. He said to her, get up, let's go. But there was no answer. Then the man put her on his donkey and settled for home. When he reached home, he took a knife and cut up his concubine limb by limb into 12 parts and sent them into all the areas of Israel. Everyone who saw it was saying to one another, such a thing has never been seen or done. Not since the day the Israelites came up out of of Egypt. Just imagine. We must do something. So speak up. Mm. And so this thing again, like, <laughs> and again, Egypt was that evil influence that they were under. And you see, and they saying like nothing has, like nothing, nothing like this has ever been done before. But again, goes to Kazi's point. This was a split image of Sodom and Gomorrah, a city that God was willingly was able to destroy. Now this is his own people who should have been serving and who should have been the light. And this was the fate of the, uh, of Lot and his people and them angels, if they wasn't angels, you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? That's what was going to happen. So now we see, we see it come through this time, you know? And bro, it's it's just, bro, it's just, it's just, it's just going to show how humans can't rely on their own logic or their own morals, bro. Because we don't have them. Our morals come from God or come from some other thing, from some other human. And if humans, if humans are the ones who create the moral standard, everyone gonna do what's right in their own eyes. Truthfully. Exactly. So in verse, so in chapter 20, chapter 20 has 48 verses. <laughs> it's gonna be powerful. Ooh. I just dubbed chapter 20, the civil war. Yep. So it's, it's the little, this, 
this way, this way, everything ripe, bro. This way, the <laughs> fullness of time has come for, for Israel, bro. Because like, this the point, bro. It's like this the point where y'all explode. Yeah. You know, y'all was playing with fire. Y'all was playing fire since the book start, bro. But this the time where y'all explode or or implode rather. You know, and everything really coming crumbling down because now y'all fighting each other. We thought Gideon's son, what his name is, um, oh. I can't remember his name. Gideon son who, who was waging war against his own town. This really is a part. Abimelech. 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 <laughs> Abimelech. That would drive me crazy. But so now we see Abimelech, Abimelech type story again, bro. But just like, this for real now, because this, this clans versus clans. Well, clans versus the Benjamin. The Benjaminites. <laughs> yeah. All right. We'll see how, how, how we can go through this. Okay, so... Mm. So also, uh, last... We see our last chapter ended. So all so then all Israel from Dan to Beersheba and from the land of Gilead came together as, as one and assembled before the Lord in Mizpah. The leaders of all the people of the tribes of Israel took their places in the assemblies of God, of God in the assembly of God's people, 400,000 men armed with swords. The Benjamites heard the Israelites had gone up to Mizpah. The Israelites said, tell us how this awful thing had happened. So the Levite, the husband of the murdered woman said, I and my concubine came up to go to Jebeah and Benjamin to spend the night. During the night, the men of Geba came, Jebeah came after me and surrounded the house intending to kill me. They raped my concubine and she died. I took the concubine, cut her into pieces, and sent one piece to each reason of Israel's inheritance, because they committed this lewd and outrageous act in Israel. Now, all you Israelites, speak up and tell me what you have decided to do. Interesting. <laughs> and all the men rose up together as one, saying, none of us will go home. Not one. No, not one of us will return to, to his house. But... Now, this is what we will do to Geber. We will go up against it in order to, in order, in the order that decided by casting lots. We will take 10 men out of every hundred from all the tribes of Israel and a hundred from a thousand and a thousand from 10,000 to get provisions for the army. Then, the, uh, then when the army arrives at Geber and Benjamin, it can give them what they deserve for this outrageous act they have done to Israel. So the Israelites got together and united as one against the city. So now we see most of the other tribes of Israel came together, formed a well-sized army, I might add, a well-sized army armed with swords and saying, you know what? Enough is enough. Benjamin, you've gone too far. Yep. We need to do something about this. Ah, interesting. So, this, so the tribes, I'm picking up at verse 12, the tribes of Israel sent messengers throughout the tribe of Benjamin saying, what about this awful crime that was committed among you? Now turn those wicked men of Geba over to us that we may put them to death and purge the evil from Israel. <laughs> but the Benjamite would not listen to their fellow, fellow Israelites. From and their that's that, but that's in Deuteronomy though, when, you know, they have a bunch of stuff that if this happened, mm -hmm. put them to death, bro. Purge, mm -hmm. you know, purge evil. So they, they was kind of quoting it's kind of quoting the book, so there's like, yeah, let's let's play it by the book, you know. But everybody, they should have known that, bro. 
at this point in time, but we don't, we've been disregarding the law for so long, but what is the law, you know? It's like, why are you coming now trying to impose this? Where was this for the last couple hundred years? Exactly. <laughs> what? You, y'all doing this in y'all sounds? What y'all coming here for? Exactly. So the Benjamins naturally would not listen to their fellow Israelites. From their towns, they came together at Geber to fight against the Israelites. And now they're saying, okay, you know what? Y'all are one rise against us. Okay, let us prepare ourselves for battle. At once, the Benjamites mobilized 26,000 swordsmen from their towns. That's they wanted, bro, the, Benjam- the Benjamites wanted smoke, bro. <laughs> they willing to fight for... Bro, you know what it is? You all have a bunch of rapists running around, right? And instead of, bro, and instead of sending them to be arrested or killed, you all want to fight for them? Bro, that's crazy to me. Like, that's, that, that's crazy. And, bro, then they had fighters in their clan, bro. They had left-handed fighters too, bro. They had left-handed fighters, bro. They wanted the smoke, bro. Was Agalon a Benjamite? <laughs> Probably. No, I don't know. I'm just kidding. I don't know. I, can't I think he was. All right, I'll, I'll look that up. No, he was a Benjamite. Because remember, we went, it was in the, in the thing. I mean, he was a Benjamite. Ah, because remember, remember, they specifically say he was a Benjamite and he was left-handed. Oh. And when we went back and we set up and we... And we discovered, like, because the Benjamins are kind of left-handed too. So again, we seen among them there were seven hundred troops who were left-handed. Each of them could sling a stone out of hair and not miss. So they was they were skillful, bro. Like that's 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 why I was saying, bro. These people wanted to smoke, bro. First of all, you remember we mentioned earlier with the Eglon, with the with the Eglon thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it was like, um, well, no, his name is Ehud. Eglon was, was the, the king. Was the, yeah, was the king yeah, I had Ehud right. in my head for some reason. I, I, I swapped I swapped the dude because I was like, the king is Ehud. Yeah, they, <laughs> yeah, they both saw it. Yeah, I always get them mixed up too. But the Lafon thing was like, you were looked up, you were looked at as like a handicapped person if you was Lafon because like mm. they probably looked at it as something that's unnatural. But they, they say they had Lafon people who you would assume to be behind the eight ball. But these guys were sharp, bro. They were. Marksman, mm-hmm. if you may, you know. And I just looked at it again, so it'd be in uh Judges, Judges 3, three. 15. Ehud, a uh, left-handed man, the son of Gera the Benjamite. Mm. So yeah, just wanted to drive from the fact nice. that he was also a Benjamite. Nice little golden nugget. Yeah, so uh Israel, a part of Benjamin, mustered four hundred thousand swordsmen, all of them fit for battle. The Israelites went up to Bethel and inquired of God. They said who of us is to go up and fight against the Benjamites? The Lord replied, Judah shall go first. And this is so interesting to me because I'm like, as much as y'all didn't regard God, mm-hmm. y'all still always knew where God was and how to reach him. Granted, yeah. I mean, naturally, duh, Earl, we all know how to reach God. But I'm like, when things really, really hit the fan, y'all is always go back to God. Things go to God, boy. And the thing, God so justice, just, like he, he righteous stuff. You know, answer them. You know what I mean? There's one time when God was like, bro, no, go to your idols. You feel me? <laughs> and they and it's like, no, God, we'll do whatever you say. Like, even if you if you curse us, yes, but, but help us right now. And he still did help. So we see the next morning, the Israelites got up and pitched their camp near Geba and Geber. I, 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 my pardon me for my pronunciation. The Israelites went out to fight the Benjamites and took up the battle positions against them in Geber. The Benjamites came out of Geber and cut down 22,000 Israelites on the battlefield that day. They knew what they was doing, son. Mm. 22,000 men. Bro, that's just dropping bodies. But the Israelites encouraged one another. 
they encouraged one another and took up their positions when they had stationed themselves, when they stationed themselves the first day. The Israelites went up and wept before the Lord until the evening. And they inquired the Lord. They said, shall we go up again and fight against the Benjamites, our fellow Israelites? You can imagine this, but like, whoa, we're supposed to be the bigger army. We're supposed to kill them with numbers, but they're more skillful. So we thought he was about to win. They, they whoop us bad. But, but they asked God who should go and God said, Judah, go. Exactly. And they, and they went and got destroyed. You feel me? So like this whole thing perplexed to me because like, who do you side with, bro? It's Israelite versus Israelite, bro. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, Oh my, but it's just like, I had to encourage you like, yeah, man, we got whooped today, but you guys got it tomorrow. The <laughs> <laughs> uh, Lord said, go up against them. The Israelites drew near Benjamin the second day. This time when the Benjamins came out of Gebel to oppose them, they cut down another 18,000 Israelites with armed swords. Then the Israelites, the whole army went up to Bethel and they sat weeping before the Lord. They fasted that day until evening and presented burnt offerings and fellowship offerings towards the Lord. The Israelites inquired of the Lord. In those days, the Ark of the Covenant of God was there with Phinehas, son of Eleazar, the son of Aaron, administering to it before it. That's a story for another day. Right. Like, we didn't even get the time to get into that. Story. That's a story for another <laughs> we, day. We can bring that up in Ruth when we get there. Don't Ruth. worry. Yeah. We, the, the, this, the, that topic will be revisited. They, they ask, shall we go again to fight the Israelites, the fight against the Benjamites, our fellow Israelites or not. Bro, how would you be feeling at this time if you was in the Israelite camp? This already like almost 40,000 of y'all and get dropped. But I don't get it because God instructing them to go. You understand what I'm saying? So like that, that leads me to believe that that's God's will was for them to get destroyed by the Benjamites. I mean, it's like at the same time, it's like, like you say, all y'all doing evil. Yeah. All really? y'all doing evil. Like, like literally, yes. You know what I'm saying? So, like, I don't know who... To, and all y'all doing evil and all y'all is Israelites. You know what I mean? The, I, don't, I don't know if the Benjamites um, consulting God. They probably did, but, you know, the Bible don't say that. So, so but I don't then, know. But at the same time, too, it's like... This still almost remind me of, like, um, a... What's the story? Balaam story? Because y'all inquired of God after y'all already made a decision to go and fight. Hmm. So if God would tell y'all no, two to one, y'all still was going to go fight. See, but then, you know, you, you know what else, though? God, they, they asked God what to do, right? God said Judah should go first. But then the text say the next morning, the Israelites got up and pitched their tent. Now give you but it, it don't specific. Now, this could be some context, but it don't specifically say, OK, so only Judah went X, Y, Z. But you would think they would say like this was like this was like in the book of. I'm going to say the book of Moses. But if it was like an Exodus or even Joshua, mm. it would have been spelled out that way too. So it might mm. be semantics, but at the same time, it might be a valid point. They might have just sent the amount of yeah, man they, they wanted to send. Yeah, they might have just, he might have said Judah and they might have said, well, we might as well, all us might as well go, bro. If we heard go. Yeah. <laughs> that's the only thing, that's the only thing we heard. Yeah, because that's what really gets me because I'm like, y'all already formed this whole army of 400,000 men before consulting God. Mm. So y'all already made up your mind what y'all wanted to do and what y'all were going to do and then kind of backtracked and then tried to consult God about it when you already made up your mind what you was going to do. Mm -hmm. So that's just just like a, I guess a little thought there that I didn't really think about until this time. So I I didn't even want to flush it out to get, you know. But... Mm -hmm. So where was I? In verse 
I think yes. it was like 20, 27. Oh, no. I think it was like, yeah, like around 28. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So the law responded, yeah. go tomorrow. I will give them into your hands. Then Israel set an ambush for Gebel. They went up against the Benjamites on the third day and took up positions in Gebel as they had done before. The Benjamites came out to meet them and, and where and were drawn away from the city. They began to inflict casualties on the Israelites as they did before, so that about 30 men fell in the open field and on the roads, the one leading to Bethel and the other to Gebel, while the Benjamites were saying, we are defeating them as before. The Israelites were saying, let us retreat and draw them away from the city to the roads. All the men of Israel moved from their places and took up positions at Baal Tamar, and the Israelite ambush charged out of the place on the west of Gebel. Then 10,000 of Israelites, of Israel's able young men, made a frontal attack on Gebel. The fighting was so heavy that the Benjamites did not realize how near the disaster was. The Lord defeated Benjamin before Israel. And that day, the Israelites struck down 25,100 Benjamites with all armed swords. The Benjamites saw that, saw that they were beaten. One important thing, the Bible clearly says the Lord defeated Benjamin yeah. before Israel. Yeah. As in, and, and that's what even made me believe that, you know, Israel was relying on their own strength and their own numbers and their own prowess, for lack of a better word, to defeat Benjamin. And it was trying to get confirmation from God that they were doing the right thing. God still had to come back and be like, y'all numbers means nothing to me. Because, okay, since y'all really want to go and do this, go day one, get strike down. Go day two. Now, oh, you know what we need to do now? Oh, hey, Kazi, they start to remember everything that they should be doing. Oh, we probably should fast. Oh, we probably we should, should pray. Oh, we probably offense. should offer a sacrifices. Oh, yeah. so what y'all was doing this whole time? But like how much times we treat God like an ATM, but we just go up and expect to, you know, get exactly what we want when we want it, mm-hmm. but not really be doing what we're supposed to be doing. Another thing I'd say is, I've said this before, but right now I'm really learning this, bro. Like experiencing this, bro. This isn't biblical. I'm sure there are other ways to say this, but it's better to be righteous than to be right. Mm-hmm. The Israelites were right. Mm-hmm. The Benjamites which unlawful war against them and they should have given over those men because they committed a crime and by law, by the law of God, they're supposed to purge the evil from them. So the Benjamites, were, I mean, the Israelites were right, right? Mm-hmm. But did they move righteously in attacking Benjamin? Did they move the way that God wanted them to move? Because at the end of the day, bro, you can do harm to me, you know, but that don't mean, bro, I, I shouldn't show you grace, bro. Grace is the righteous thing to do. You understand what I'm saying? You, I have a clean, bro. You can slap me, bro. You can steal from me. Bro, I can inflict harm on you. I can do all of these things. And I would be within my right. But will I be righteous? Mm-hmm. And will God not hold me accountable? My thing is, sometimes people can do stuff to us and be a stumbling block to us, bro. I can <laughs> watch somebody inflict harm on me or one of my loved ones. And I could, I could develop anger and rage in me, bro. That's not a fruit of the spirit. That's a fruit of, fruit of the flesh, bro. I could develop animosity 
dissension, all of these things, bro, that could lead the devil to influence me to do stupid stuff, bro. It's stuff you could do in your anger or in your passion that is not of God. Now, rightfully, you could have been the most righteous person, bro, and someone could inflict something bad on you. How you react must still be righteous, bro. Mm-hmm. And that's the crazy thing about it, bro. And it take a lot of it take a lot of willpower, self control, and it really take the fruits of the spirit to be righteous. When you are being wronged, bro, mm-hmm. you can, you could put you could put pressure on someone, and you would be well within your right, bro. Humans could be like, oh well, you 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 provoke him, you provoke him to do that. But at the end of the day, bro, it ain't righteous because God's saying, bro, nothing no one's supposed to do to make you act independently and disregard me. Nothing the Benjamites do should have make you been like, bro, we're going to do this on our own without consulting God. Y'all know how this go, bro. Y'all know exactly. Bro, think about it. <laughs> the Benjamites so good at fighting. Where they was all these times when the Philistines, the Amorites, the Amalekites, all of these people is ramsacking them, bro. Where they was, bro. These people so good. You understand what I'm saying? So like to me, it ain't even really a testament to how good the Benjamites is. It's a testament of God showing, teaching the Israelites a lesson as well. The Benjamites, they, 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 they the reason for, for us being in this mess. But you are not faultless. And even in this mess, you are still moving at fault. Perhaps because of the way they, they, they um, going about attacking or trying mm-hmm. to put, th- put things in their own hands. So. Perfectly said, man. Perfectly said. Right, it's crazy, bro. Cause like that to me, that ain't how I was raised. Not not raised. That ain't how I understand life. Like just as a man growing up in the society where I live in, bro. Certain things people do to you, bro. You can't let slide, bro. You understand what I'm saying? You know, and and like even if you forgive them, you can't enable someone, bro. But think about it, bro. If God, by imagine, if God used to hold things over our head, bro. Mm-hmm. Now God does punish us, you know. But think about it, bro. Like, you was my boy, bro. We was roommates, bro. Imagine if I rob you, bro. Imagine if I literally steal something from you. You would have to look at me like, bro, this man ain't loyal, bro. I cannot associate with this man, bro. Like he's not a trustworthy person, right? Like we just say, yeah, I gotta love him from a distance. <laughs> I gotta love him from a distance, bro. Right? God ever do that to us, bro? Mercy. Has God ever do that to us, bro? Does God love us from a distance, bro? We do some flagrant stuff to him. Even the Israelites, bro. The Israelites literally cheated on God, bro. They were unfaithful to God, bro. They literally chose another God over him. Multiple. You understand what I say? Multiple gods, bro. Like literally anything over him. And when they call on him and they cry out to him, he ain't say nobody loving you all from a distance, bro. I ain't gonna lie. I got God could say, bro, if I save y'all, it could look like I forgive y'all. And people could look at me and be like, oh, look at him running back to the Israelites just for them to hurt him again. God could have been like, but I ain't gonna look stupid no more, bro. I ain't doing that. You understand what I say? But I love bro. Man, it's funny how in our stupidity we make God look stupid. Right. <laughs> By our human standards. I mean, like, think about it. Because like, you made the perfect analogy. But if we was God, the world wouldn't have been in a good place. No, but if I was start and make a whole brand new universe, this whole <laughs> universe was going to get put to the side. I would have checked in periodically. But I don't, I don't, I start over multiple times. But God and his unfailing love, unfailing faithfulness takes us back when logically it doesn't make sense. 
And you can see what they say, like it's the peace that passes all understanding. It's a love that we can't comprehend. We see why he even told, who is that, Manoa, that, yeah, I'm beyond your comprehension. Mm-hmm. Because by your human logic, what I do and my character characteristics le- shouldn't make sense. No. It legitimately should not make sense. But if I was a God that made sense in those ways, I wouldn't be God. But anyone could be God if, if, if you could make sense. If you could back into it, or if you could logically understand that, anybody can work to be in that boat. All, all, go, all God has to do is just start in the third. Exactly. Oh, that, anyone could do that. You feel me? Exactly. Like, uh, we have like a little mini Bible study at work. Uh, we do like every other week, right? Small group us because, you know, it is what it is. Right? But like one of the guys was like, he said something, man, because we was in, uh, we was in Titus. Like, really, who reads Titus? But we were just going to all the like, some of the New Testaments. I, you know, because I said Titus, is like, dang, who really reads Titus? Right? But we were in Titus or something, right? And we're talking about one of the characters. He's like, man, I can't really understand, like, how God does this. I'm like, I'm like, and I, I literally said, like, but if you could understand it, would you be appreciative of it? Because then you could understand God. And then, would, and then, like, then wouldn't God lose some of his mystery and wonder? So I'm like, would you really want to understand? He's like, oh, man, I never thought about it that way. And I'm like, if you really think about, like, some things... It's like, you know, when you want to know, but at the end of the day, you really don't want to know. See, but if, if our brains was able to comprehend it, bro, but it, 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 it kind of minimized how, how far superior God is. Exactly. Us. You understand exactly. what I'm saying? The fact, the fact that we even want to know or want to understand, that's, what, that's why God ain't never answered Job and be like, yo, this why this happened here, you know? God just was like, bro, you want to take over the world for the day, bro? You want to start exactly. the show off? From coming, but you even know who to turn the lights on the moon and things like that, bro. bro you even know all this is happening. Y'all know more because everyone will start breathing. I forget to send the <laughs> oxygen. <laughs> Real talk, bro. So it's like, but I so far, I so, I, I so much busier, and I have so, much, I have, I have so much great things to do to contribute to contribute to the world. But you can't comprehend it, bro. So don't, don't. I mean, don't even try to, don't try to question me for sure. Understand what I'm saying? But don't try to comprehend me because if you, but like, I wouldn't be as grand as I am if you were able to comp- comprehend me. You know what I'm saying? And that's just, exactly. that's just what it is. Exactly. Like, like, like as an engineer or like someone like who's a neuroscientist or, or some, like some very technical, right? But if anyone could literally, if anyone could literally come and just do this all willy nilly, bro, would it still have the same importance? As it, as as it has in the world, you know what I'm saying? Like certain specialized no. if, if if a neuroscientist just be like, oh yeah, but I just do A, B, C, and D, bro. Anyone could do it, bro. Like they would not they would not hold the same importance in society, bro. It's the fact that not everyone can do it, and it takes specialized skill and dedication, you know, that that gives them their importance, and you know, and why people respect them to the degree that they do respect them. And think about God, bro, the person who make the brain and. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's just way far beyond our understanding, though. Like, you just got to accept that. Far beyond our comprehension. Okay. So, I guess we're back to judges. <laughs> nice little side break there. Yeah. So now we see now all the men of Israel had given away before, had given away before Benjamin because they had relied on the ambush they had set in Gebel. Those who had been in ambush had made a sudden dash to Gebel, spread out and put the whole city to the sword. Israel had arranged with the ambush that they should send up a great cloud of smoke from the city. And then the Israelites would counter it, would have a counterattack. 
The Benjamites have begun to inflict casualties on the Israelites about 30. And they and they said, We are defeating them in the first. We are defeating them as in the first battle. And when the column of smoke began to rise from the city, the Benjamites turned and saw the whole city going up in smoke. The Israelites counterattacked, and the Benjamites were terrified because they realized the disaster had come from, where the disaster had come from. So they fled before the Israelites in the direction of the wilderness. But they could not escape from the battle, and the Israelites who came out of the towns cut them down there. They surrounded the Benjamites, chased them out easily, overran the vicinity of Gebeah in the east. 18,000 Benjamites fell, all of them valiant fighters. As they turned and fled towards the wilderness, the wilderness to the rock of Ramon, the Israelites cut down 5,000 men along the roads. They kept pressing after the Benjamites had gone as far as Gidom and struck down 2,000 more. On that day, 25,000 Benjamite swordsmen fell, all of them valiant fighters, but 600 of them turned and fled into the wilderness to the rock of Ramon where they stayed four months. The men of Israelites went back to Benjamin and put all their towns to the sword, including the animals and everything else. They found all the towns they came across, they set on fire. Mm. Man, that's a massive civil war. Sound like how they, they doing the Benjamites, how they were supposed to be doing, you know, all of the people in the line of Canaan. The rest of the line of Canaan? That would have, that might have made their their lives a little bit easier potentially. <laughs> you know, like you know, you, you can never really be too sure. But according to what was written, I am reasonably sure that if y'all had just did what y'all was supposed to do a couple hundred years ago, y'all would have been sitting pretty and wouldn't have those evil influences. I mean, like and again, like just think how far we've come. We've come from the enemy being a Canaanite nation to the enemy being your cousin. Yes. Yeah. Quite literally, your cousin. I mean, but it go to show that, you know, it just go to show how far the heart willing to go to rebel because it ain't like, it ain't like God ain't already predict what was going to happen if y'all didn't mm-hmm. drive out the enemies. You know, like Moses even predict what was going to happen. Exactly. <laughs> He's like, but I know when I die, y'all, y'all, y'all could turn away from all of this stuff, and the curses can come upon you. You know what I mean? Like exactly. But bro, you know what? If someone tell you what's gonna happen, and you, and and y'all ain't prevented from happening. You know, a lot of people feel like like they wish they had a time machine and, and so they could change certain things. Bro, you know, certain certain I'm things. Just you can't that this week. <laughs> That's funny, bro. But this showing me certain things you can't change, bro. Certain things someone can literally prophesy to you what's going to happen. Not what is going to happen, what is likely to happen if you don't change. That's how people still ain't change, bro. Like, that's just how it is. Man, that is a man, that's a fact, man. Hold on. Like, I just like hold that thought. I literally saw something this week and I took a screenshot of it, right? Judas had the best leader, the best advisor, the best counselor, yet he failed. Mm. If your attitude and character doesn't change or your heart doesn't transform, you will always be the same. Mm. That's essentially what they were saying. Because there's like, so again, Moses, Joshua could predict all of this. But again, remember what Moses, because remember, remember also Moses said at the end of it, you guys are like a stiff necked people and your hearts are hard. Mm-hmm. If you don't change your heart, this is this will happen to you guys. And we see even though through, throughout it, Israel still had a hard heart towards God. 
no matter how much good he did for them, their hearts were still hard. So you can know what's coming, but if you ain't willing to change, this was going to happen. But if you ain't even trying to change, <laughs> it's just going to happen. You know what I mean? Exactly. Exactly. Do you want you want you up to doing first up to in chapter twenty one? You just want to leave that for next week. Uh, we can just we can just leave it for next week, and we, and we can do the recap. That we That's what I was thinking too while we were talking. <laughs> I'm like, you know, chapter twenty one gonna be with a recap. That way, it's, that way it works. Because I'm like, we're already at an hour. We haven't seen even the skit or intro and outro yet. Yeah, and this is this is a quick this is a quick chapter too. Yeah. Chapter. So but as a re- you want you want you want to end it? You want to have a recap? I mean, let's just talk for a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> we can see how it go. But the, the 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 overall point is, the overall point is, you know, the Israelites had no king, and they all did as they saw fit. So, in the court of public opinion, the Benjamites, they feel like they had a right to do that. Oh, these my people, bro! I'm just letting other people come, and and you know what I mean, and um, make an example out of us. No, we could defend our people. And the Israelites felt like they needed to defend their people. Now, in the eyes of God, what was done to the to the uh, to the Levites' concubine that was definitely not of God. That was definitely of the devil. These people were evil people, you know. And you know, in a lot of ways, they would like the type of people that God. They were like the type of people that God was trying to destroy. But we've already been seeing that consistently in Judges. We see where we have a we have a leader who is a promiscuous who's a promiscuous person, he unclean, he just really don't even, he just kind of arrogant, he don't really follow God. We have people who are racked in idols. We have leaders who, you know, was former scoundrels, that the way they put him, they describe him, him and his bond as scoundrels, but he, he offering child sacrifices or mm-hmm. human sacrifices. The, certain, the same things that God was very, very hard pressed against, which is why he was saying, yo, Destroy these people when they come in. Because if you all allow, if you all chill with them, you all end up seeing their gods and you all end up doing what they do. You know what I mean? The Canaanites was living like this for over a thousand years, bro. From since Abraham's time, these people was living like this. So, if these people never had no God, their, their evilness could just compound over the years. But Israelites who have a God, who is literally see the works of the God and sometimes hear from God, they decide that they want to be like them. And it's at a point where God gives them chance and chance and chance and chance to stop being like them. You know, and when you stop being like them, everything good. But when you continue to be like them, you're going to get, you can't outbeat them, bro. These people, they was like this for years, bro. When you try to be like them, I don't even give you over to them. And now you got to serve them. And y'all don't like that. Y'all don't like that. You know what I'm saying? And so now they get to a point where they get so much chances and so much kings, aka judges, and they don't listen to them. The judges ain't really the most ideal people either. To the point where God like, but I ain't rising up no more. You know what I mean? Y'all don't got nobody because this y'all didn't want nobody. And then not having nobody, y'all running around like a chicken without a head. I remember when I was, um, when I was young, you know, you and I, we went to the same like elementary school, middle school. Mm. We would go on field trips, not even field trips. Another example, we'd be in class. Mm-hmm. If the teacher of an emergency or the teacher of the step out, she might leave someone in charge. This when we was younger, <laughs> right? She'd come back to the class in utter turmoil, right? 
I always used to be so confused about this because the teachers used to really give us a stern talking to. I leave for 10 minutes, I leave for five minutes, and you all, you all turning over the desk, someone fighting, you all getting into big arguments. Mm-hmm. And bro, this really used to confuse me because I'm like, bro, what do you expect will happen <laughs> when you leave a bunch of kids together by themselves? How how do you expect us to how do you expect us to have to have uh like to have like respect or structure mm-hmm. when our teacher, literally our leader, the authoritative figure is gone? Mm-hmm. Everybody, you know they say when the when the cats away, the mouse will play. You understand mm-hmm. what they saying? Everybody, when left unsupervised, start to let their hair down. You know? And that's the case for the Israelites. The problem is the Israelites keep pushing, they um they judge away. You understand what I'm saying? Like, they, instead of, not, not to say they pushing their judge away, but when they have a judge who making sense, sooner or later, they turn away from the, the, the principles that the judge trying to enforce and the principles that God enforce, and they act as if they didn't have a judge at all or that as if they didn't want no judge. And now they actually get into the point where they work so hard to get and we can see how it was out of turn one. Mm-hmm. I don't know if to talk. <laughs> no, you, no, I wasn't on it. All right. But like, to me, it's, it's like a case like when you wake up in the morning and you don't really know who you're looking at. I don't know if you've had one of these days, but I remember in college, it was one time when, I mean, I had to just stop going to church for like a whole quarter or something like that. No, just going to like, quote unquote, soul searching mission. But you know, something missing, but you don't really know what it is. And you're trying to like find or fill that void. And you just look in, and you just look in the mirror and be like, I don't really know what I see, or I don't like what I see. And I feel like that's where Israel was at this point. They went so far down this rabbit, rabbit hole, rabbit path, whatever you want to call it, that they're virtually unrecognizable. This is not the same nation that left Egypt. Arguably, it probably is the same nation that left Egypt, but this isn't the same nation that Josh, that, that entered the land of Canaan. Because remember, while they were in the desert, they had to almost, that whole generation that left Egypt had to die. They had to get rid of some of those influences that they were under, some of that bondage, some of that slavery mentality. They had to get to know God. And so when they entered in, in Judges, what, two, in Joshua, the last chapter, Joshua, Joshua said, as for me and my house, you will serve the Lord. Well, you guys can do what you, what are you guys going to do. We will also serve the Lord. Joshua's like, no, really? They're like, yeah, no, no, we, will, we definitely will serve the Lord. And we said, but they were doing good. They were doing good. And now you see that this... In, in, in Judges 19, this is a nation that is indis- indistinguishable from Sodom and Gomorrah. A nation who don't know who they are anymore. It's like without God, they've lost their identity. Without God, they've lost their way. And the funny thing about it is we can see in Judges 20, they still know who God is. So it goes back to like what Paul says, no one can deny the presence of God. So now we're seeing this is more of a lack of knowledge per se, but a willful choice to not follow God, which to me is even more dangerous. Because I mean, like so far in Judges, we've been, we've like, I mean, personally me, I can talk for myself, I've been reeling on the parents. Like, why haven't you guys been passing down the word of God to your children? Why haven't you passing down the word of God to your children? We've seen what's been happening when you don't pass down the word of God to your children. But then even reading this, I'm like, no, it's probably being passed around, but no one's following it. Mm-hmm. It's like now we're purposely choosing to go against God's will. And to me, that's even more heinous. Because now you know what's right. 
what you're purposely choosing to do wrong versus just not knowing what, what right and wrong is. No, you guys know what's right. Because we even see in verse in chapter 20, oh yeah, this ain't working. Oh yeah, you, oh, what, what to do? Oh yeah, let, let's, let's, let's fast, let's pray. Let's offer sacrifices. Where was this all along? So y'all know what to do, but y'all purposely choosing to do wrong. And that's even more cruel in my opinion. Like it's a nation who have no identity, but they know what their identity should be. But they only tap into it when it's convenient to them. Again, using God like an ATM for convenience, not for any like real use. It's just it's it's really, it's really sad, but it's really but it's really painting to show how far the nation of Israel has fallen, has fallen. The Israelites have now completely strayed away from God. It is now to the point where there is no distinction between them and the Canaanite nations that surround them. Now instead of seeing Israel versus the Canaanites, we now see Israel versus the Benjamites. But how do we get here? And what does this mean for Benjamin and the rest of Israel? We'll find out next week as we conclude the book of Judges on the next episode of a breath of of fresh air. Tonight's episode included voice acting by your hosts, Earl Roberts and Nakaz Gate. Remember to go ahead and research on your own in order to get a more firm understanding of tonight's episode. And if you enjoyed it, make sure to like, subscribe, and share with your friends. You can follow us on social media at A Breath of Fresh Air Pod on Instagram and B-O-F-A-P-O-D on Twitter. Thanks, everyone, and we'll see you next week.